this whole quote yes. that we were reading. Like, the concept of this is like, it's just so unfortunate because I, I, I just, I don't know, I had something to say and I lost it. <laughs> I was like reading it again. Yet again! Yeah. Welcome to my life with ADHD. I will start a sentence and mid-sentence just be like, I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm no, so sorry. No, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Sorry. It's it's off with the wind. Hey, it's S and Cade. Welcome to the Quid Podcast, hosted by the Queer Community Collective. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We are so stoked that you're here with us. All right, so we're here at our first episode ever, our inaugural episode. Um, we're really excited about this project and Very we're really excited. excited to be here yeah. and to be talking to you guys. Hopefully people listen. Yeah, seriously. It's only been like months and months of this and now, yeah. So we started talking about creating a podcast back in the summer. Yep. So probably like six months ago now. Yeah. And, um, it kind of came out because you coined this term quid. Yeah. Do you want to so, tell us about it? Totally. And I mean, you know, we started QCC last summer with really no idea where we were going to go with this and it's so cool to see this road that has led us to this space um but yeah quid i mean i think it was we were out camping weren't we camping i, th- I think we were it was that one trip and i was like oh yeah like a quid and you're like a what <laughs> and i was like a quid like you know like a queer a queer quid in distress and you were like oh because i came up with the idea from the word skid which is a street kid in distress and so right. i was like that's how we can that's something that we can use when we are whatever and now We've taken that and we're rolling with it. So, but yeah, so queer kid in distress. So like, you know, I think when you hear this idea, like I want people to think about, you know, putting themselves in other people's shoes. Because I think if you recognize as somebody who is maybe not queer identifying and you hear this term of a quid, you know, and you think about this person, like, you know, you can put yourselves in their shoes of like, this person has like a different life than I do, you know? And so that's where this like idea of distress comes is that like, you know, their life is just not necessarily on the same like wavelength as people because it's not normal and that's what we need to normalize so normalizing these ideas of like people or whatever but quid is like you know hopefully a term that we can use to like help people just like relate to others of some so like that's kind of like my goal with it is like become making it more relatable to like everybody okay yeah so what would you say to someone who is queer yeah and who is like what do you mean in distress i'm not in distress like i'm fine totally i mean we're all fine right like <laughs> are Exactly. So I think, you know, somebody who is already queer identifying and is like trying to relate to this term as well is just like, think back to like when you were 12, okay, or like 13, you're like learning more about your life, like as a, as a young child, you're growing up and you know, we're, we're starting to like, we're entering into this like adolescence part of our lives where, you know, high school is coming and all these things and you're just in a little bit of distress because life is changing. And so I think when we talk about a queer kid in distress, you can just think about all those changes that have happened in your life. And, and I mean, maybe it, it was a little personal for me because I just think about my, like, my coming out story, for instance, and like how that's happened and then coming out again 10 freaking years later as a trans person, you know? So I am a quid only because I've had to take that time to like, 
educate myself and to grow and to really put that work into myself. And so distress necessarily isn't a negative term. It's just because of the way society is and because of who we are as people and becoming and, and, you know, aligning ourselves with our most authentic self, we are inherently in distress because it's just a lot of work to like get to that point, I think, you know? On top of that, you also have the difficulties of accessing healthcare, accessing education, accessing all of these other things that are really, you know, basic things that everyone deserves and needs and is at least able to access in Canada. Yeah. But it's more difficult because there's always more hoops we have to jump through or ways, you know, in which we have to identify ourselves sometimes in spaces that aren't safe, et cetera, et cetera. So I think even for people who maybe, you know, have been out for a long time and are living their lives and don't feel like they're in distress, it's just kind of a larger view that every person who identifies as queer has stressors that cis hetero people don't. Yeah, totally. Just because, right. just sim- simply because we're not the standard exactly. or the normalized yeah. situation. So like inherently, it's there. You know, yeah. even if you are comfortable operating within that, like these labels or whatever, or within this, like you know, in your circle, you've probably created this like very safe space for yourself. So of course you're fine because you're not, you're not heavily involved in like outside of your bubble or your community, right? Like great example like I left my bubble recently to like see somebody like I went for a social distance walk with a person that I haven't seen in a long time and we've changed so much and I was like I need to go back to my bubble because I don't feel safe here so I was immediately in distress with this person like you know interesting yeah and it's just like somebody who knew me before and is like struggling with me being trans and like all the changes that I'm going through in my life Mm so yeah, and even just going to the bathroom causes distress, dude. Like, what yep. the heck? What's up with that? No, I'm just our, kidding. Our most basic human functions <laughs> yeah, are distressful. Exactly. Yeah, or for me, like, moving back to Langley yeah, during the pandemic. Totally. Which I feel is very homophobic. It was towards me, and so moving back to Langley brought on a lot of distress and, like, childhood trauma. Uh-huh, absolutely. No, totally. Okay, cool. So we're talking about childhood trauma already in yeah, the first yeah. few minutes of this podcast. Welcome to the Quid Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about trauma, the spice of life. What's your flavor? <laughs> strawberry. I like strawberry. Oh, mine's, for, I don't know, spicy, whatever it is. <laughs> okay, so now that we've kind of covered what a quid is, yeah, let's talk about this podcast. Yeah. Why are we starting a podcast? We are doing this podcast because we, first of all, I think it's like creating a space where we can like educate people. Like, you know, yes. we want to talk about the things and we want it to be an open space for that too. Like mm-hmm. we are creating a safe space for people to ask questions and or yeah. to like, um, you know, just to like do their best too. Like we want to help as, as much as we can. Like I, I love getting questions from people, um, asking like whatever queer topic it might be just cause I like to talk about stuff. So and personally for me, I've yeah. had the most offensive questions directed at me. Oh man. And so many offensive questions. As long as someone is actually trying to understand, I don't care. Right. Totally. Because I love educating people. No, a hundred percent. And I think too, what comes with it is that you know, when you do receive those offensive questions, you can say, hey, I just want you to know, I'm not uncomfortable you asking me that question, but in general, you probably shouldn't ask that to people. Like, don't ever ask a trans person if they're gonna have bottom surgery, it's none of your freaking business. Like, you know, like, no, it's just not. Like, 
don't be weird about it, okay? Like, they're already freaking out. They are a quid. They are losing their freaking mind trying to tell you that they are trans. So don't ask them that question. Sorry, that was a side note. <laughs> uh, not from personal experience. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and then on top of that, too, we both have been doing a lot of work personally to educate ourselves yeah. on a wide variety of topics. Exactly. And we talk about a lot of stuff. In fact, all we talk about pretty much yeah. is critical conversations and social justice issues. Yeah. Like we went to the protests together. Yeah. We did, you know, we've done a lot of stuff together. So totally. this is a really great platform for us to educate ourselves, each yeah. other, totally. and then let you guys listen in on it. Absolutely. And eventually the goal was to be have like, you know, people on, on like, we're going to <laughs> eventually, yeah. we're going to have people on and we're going to interview them so we can get those other perspectives. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then building a community as a part of this as well. So, like, creating, you know, what... Our collective. Our collective, exactly. That's the whole point, the queer community collective, right? So just having, like, a repertoire of different people who can, you know, support others and kind of trying to figure out where we can fill holes and, you know, in ways that, like, just that's what people need and that's what we can do, right? So we're trying to kind of find that and build that community... And yeah, and then obviously promoting the profit, like our nonprofit, and what yeah. we want to do with it, right? And like we have so many goals and so many dreams and so many things that we want to achieve within this. So it's, many. Uh, newsflash: both of us have ADHD, so prepare yourself for that. Uh, it's a good time. And uh, like the vision for yeah. this nonprofit has just run away from us like a speeding train. Absolutely. Because both of our brains have ADHD, <laughs> and we're both very idealistic. Yeah. social justice oriented people totally. so honestly we're headed for the moon yeah exactly. so it's really just up to you whether or not you want to come along <laughs> yeah totally it'll be a great ride i promise It'll hopefully make you laugh a couple times might make you cry you never know yeah probably both at the yeah. same time we might cry a little bit who knows <laughs> but yeah so okay so we talked about our podcast yeah and you mentioned our nonprofit. yes so our nonprofit, the Queer Community Collective, um, it we call it QCC for short. So if you hear us say QCC, that's we just mean our nonprofit. Um, our vision for our nonprofit, like you just said, is to build a collective of people that support each other and can fill the gaps in our community, in our Vancouver, you know, bubble, and in Canada and the globe as yeah. a larger scale. 100%. So right now our vision for QCC is, like we already said, education and highlighting some really prominent queers in our society in Vancouver. Yeah. So there's a ton of amazing queer artists and local businesses and all these, you know, facets of um, working and, and create creating that we want to highlight and we want to show. Totally. And so we want to really just build a community that, like, my ideal life is everything that I buy, everything that I need comes from queers. Yeah. I would just be fucking stoked <laughs> if I could rent from a queer landlord, if I could grocery shop, you know, vegan organic produce from a queer owned grocery store yeah and all that kind of stuff like that would just make my life totally so if we can sort of like build towards that in mm -hmm. our collective to yeah. like have this really self-sustaining 
community of people, yeah. that would be amazing. Absolutely. No, totally. And then, you know, we could go on for hours about all the things that we want to do with so that. But uh, yeah, no, I think the vision of QCC is really just to, you know, build that community. Like that's, I think our main focus is that and whatever side projects come off from that will be epic and beautiful. But that community is like the true vision of, of what our nonprofit aims to, to have. So yeah. Yeah. So S, why is QCC important to you? Um, well, um, first of all, because I'm queer. (laughs) No, really? (laughs) I have always really struggled to make queer friends. Um, just coming, you know, where I grew up in Langley, very conservative. So it was only in the last couple years that I really started to make friends who were, um, like really, you know, queer and had embraced that identity. And what... I love about starting this nonprofit is that I can then look and see the other queers that are really struggling and isolated and pull them into our community. Yeah. The quids. Yeah, exactly. Get the quids. And I found like even I mentioned earlier that I moved back to Langley during the pandemic and I'm I've met a couple people who, you know, I've known for a long time who recently came out to me as queer. And I'm just, (laughs) I'm just, you know, I always ran away from Langley and I was like, ah, I don't never want to go back. It's homophobic. It's awful. But when I went back, I started seeing how many people still live out there that need visibility, that need people to see them. And so I think that's the biggest reason why this nonprofit is important to me is that we're creating what I needed. We're creating what you needed. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I I think... I will like just attest to that is like it's very similar for me too and, and why it's important to me is because you know I grew up in Florida so y'all don't know that um but I grew up in Florida I lived there for my most of my life from the age of three till I was 20 um and so all of my childhood experiences were in this place that was just you know wild I don't know how else that y'all y'all know um and we've uh, all heard about Florida. yeah we all know every time I say it someone's just like ooh like really and I'm like yeah I know it's fine um so yeah definitely like providing this like safe space for people to like come to like just express themselves because if I had had more representation even though like obviously queer representation is definitely growing within the media as like you know movies and like all that kind of stuff it's definitely it's coming i think that there is going to be a big shift and a big change in that like just due to all of the work and the protests and everything that's happened in the last even just like really in this last year i think Mm -hmm. 2020 as we all know was like this uproar of like this is bullshit like why is it like this you know and so being a part of that uprising as well as with QCC, like, you know, we are going to see more representation, but I want to be a part of that because if I had met myself when I was 12, oh, would have been a whole different life. We probably could have avoided a lot of things, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so I think for me, like QCC is really important to me because I just, I love community and I love people and being able to help people in any way that I can possible. Uh, and I know I'll, we are going to reach an impact and have so much influence on so many people as we grow this and, and a lot as it becomes whatever it's going to become, you know, all our ideas and stuff. So yeah, it's just yeah. the passion behind it, I think is like, what's so beautiful. And that's, what's really, you know, fueling that. And that's what makes it important to us is because we genuinely understand why there are other people who need us because yeah. we've been there, you know, yeah. and no one should be stranded and all these quids, they, they need people like this. So with that community collective, you know, we can build this like space for, for those, for the quids, you know, like here's somebody you can talk to, like, 
whether it's us or maybe we have a licensed professional who's like a therapist for queers, like, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it's... The end, it's almost so, endless. If any of you are listening to this and you're a licensed therapist, we'd love to have you. <laughs> that would be great. Totally. Um, We're both huge fans of therapy. Yep. I would not have made it to this nope. this part of my life nope. without therapy. Yep. So shout very, out. <laughs> I'm very blessed that I I didn't go to therapy for a very long time. Um, so I'm just been going for over a year now so I went to therapy for the first time at 27 26 26 yeah so I've it's a new world for me but I love it and it's amazing and obviously having a a therapist who you can talk to and sees you luckily my therapist has a trans nephew um which makes it really I love that so she really can relate to me and she can understand a lot of the things that I can say but you know even going further than that, how beautiful would it be to be talking to a, a trans therapist? Oh, you my, know the third the third therapist that I saw. Yeah, that one she was probably my favorite. She yeah. was a Jewish lesbian. Oh, you had told me about her. Yeah, she sounded so cool. So cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so and yeah. like that was the safest place that I right. could have been, and she understood Absolutely. the religion. She understood, you know, the queer stuff. She right. understood the complicated parental totally relationship yeah i guess so. there's so many layers to like all of this too because yeah. like you know like you just mentioned like religion like the religious queers that come through the life like i didn't grow up very religious but i did go to private christian school and so that like i don't consider myself like a religious gay because i never really was like i wasn't super into it yeah. ever but i still was involved in it, especially growing up where i grew up but like it had know, an influence it on did you. and so like yeah. the, all these different things that you think about they just like oh man like all of us went through such different experiences and it's all sheerly based on like where you grew up yep like if i'd grown up in vancouver like downtown vancouver like where i live now so i live in the west end like there's rainbow sidewalks like the gay village has been thumping for years like you know imagine having that kind of representation but everywhere in our small towns because i would consider where i grew up in Oviedo. like it's called Oviedo. is like the langley of orlando yeah you know and orlando has definitely gone a lot better since um pulse happened obviously But before that, it wasn't like it was queer friendly, but it wasn't, you know, at Do you the same want to time. Just reiterate what Pulse was for anyone who's listening. Yeah, right absolutely. So Pulse was, was it five years ago now? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2015. 2015. Um, so it'll be, it was six years this, this Let July. Let me fact check that. Yeah. So Pulse happened four years ago. And essentially what it was is it was a mass shooting in Florida, in Orlando at one of the nightclubs called Pulse. Um, I spent my 21st birthday there, actually. I don't know if you know that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So four years ago, um, an individual walked into Pulse, and he ended up shooting over 100 people, I think it was. There was at least 49 deaths, but 117 injuries. Um, and it was one, considered one of the largest mass shootings in the United States at that time. I think the next biggest one was the one that happened in Vegas like a year later. Um, anyways, and so essentially it was this like large hate crime. And the person, there was like, a lot of... You know, I've read a lot of information on the internet. I'm not sure what's true and what's not true. But this person was a closeted gay. He was a quid. The poor guy. He oh. was a, he was a, she, he really was a quid. And he grew up um, in a family, in a home that was very religious. Um, I'm, I don't remember where he was from, but he's Middle Eastern. So maybe Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, that kind of, that similar part of the world. And um, he, uh, yeah, I think... There was, like, proof that he had gone to Pulse before. He had been there with people. He had gone... He he drove four hours to go to Pulse to do this. He's from, like, the Miami area, so a little bit more South Florida. Wow. There was proof that he had been at gay bars there. He had traveled to go to Pulse before. And so I think there was, like, some, you know, talk about maybe a breakup with a boyfriend, but it was, like, secret, right? So it was, like, all this, like, 
imagine this kid. This kid is in so much oh, distress. I like, don't have to imagine it. Yeah, I am very like, familiar yeah, with Yeah, like, we know, like. right? Yeah. Anyways, so since Pulse happened, um, obviously, like, you know, there was 49 people that we unfortunately lost. Um, Orlando has really grown and, and changed a lot. Like, there, there's Lake Yolo, which is, like, this big lake downtown. There's an amphitheater there where they host, like, outdoor concerts and whatever they've painted it rainbow cool. and yeah there's like rainbow sidewalks now and stuff and there's like a mass like the pulse is a memorial now they never reopened the club so it's oh. just it's still there the building is there and it's covered in flowers and it's this beautiful memorial now there they they turned it into a historic landmark wow. um from, from my understanding it could be yeah. maybe not like as like official as that but like that's like the goal um yeah, and there's a amazing. They've done some amazing work with like the One Pulse Foundation um, since then, and they've done really, really brilliant things. But yeah, it was like a really interesting thing that happened while I had already moved to Vancouver, so I was living here already, and seeing that happen to like my community was really sad, obviously. Yeah. And um, but like, you know, to see that difference though, that change, and it, it's it's really cool to know. And unfortunately, obviously, it came from something so fucking tragic. And change often is born out of tragedy absolutely right? and all good things there are bad and all bad things there are good that yeah. i truly believe that is like one of my like life mantras and um yeah so as bad as it was obviously and god bless and the and i had friends that were there like you know and stuff and like the trauma that the people who did survive felt and all that like all of that i wish we could take it away but the growth that came from it is magical yeah. and, and and that's it's it's nice to see that they rallied around you know the city and the community and really have you know picked themselves up since that happened but yeah good yeah thank you for that little yeah. history lesson yeah totally <laughs> um okay should we move on to our what is up with that segment yeah what's up with that s <laughs> okay so um What's up with that is a segment that we're going to do where we talk about a current event going on in the world and dissect it and analyze it and discuss it. So in December, Elliot Page came out as trans. Yep. And yay! We kind of, we were like waiting for it. Like, yeah. I'm going to lie. Uh, love them. Bless. My friend used to say I look like them. My like friend, yeah, one of my like really good friends like used to call me by their dead name, like 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 they would call me that all the time, and it was so funny, and like I was like kind of like oh okay, because like obviously they're like so amazing, they're amazing, and I, I think it was right after that speech they gave at the HRC that mm-hmm. year, it was like right after that I was like hell yeah I want to be like them, like you know, and then I came out as trans and non-binary like like a little bit like about a year before they did, and so when they did, my friend messaged me and was like haha they're following your footsteps now, and it was really funny, but anyway side note That's sorry, adorable. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Fun story about me. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we're super proud of Elliot. And, yeah. you know, anyone that lives authentically is amazing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there was a little bit of controversy controversy around it. Um, mostly coming from the lesbian community which Ironic. we are both very intimately familiar with yes. lesbians yes we are we love lesbians and we hate lesbians. lesbians well unfortunately i think that the lesbian community it's brilliant it has all of these amazing things and i obviously i fully support it and whatnot but there is unfortunately some underlying toxic masculinity in the lesbian community which yeah. we can get into eventually but and other toxicities yeah but. no but that's like a big one i think yeah. underlying it's where it comes from and 
You know, I think, unfortunately, even though we're all queer, we still have our biases towards different parts of our community. Totally. Which is, like, so unfortunate. But, you know, like, gay men and lesbians don't, like, they don't always get along because they're yeah. just, like, you know, they, they there is, like, this sense of, like, um, I don't know what the word is. Like, there's, like, a battle between oh, all of us. We'll like, get to it. I have a word for okay, it. Okay, cool. So, um, I'll read out a couple of the tweets that were written from cool. lesbians about Elliot Page coming out just so you kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. Yeah. So the first one um, says, I find it depressing how many lesbians now feel that because they do not perform or feel invested in conventional femininity, they can no longer be women. And so they shift from identifying as lesbian women to straight men. Compulsory heterosexuality all over again. Wow. That is, like, so transphobic. There's a lot <gasps> going on in this tweet. Yeah. There's another one I'll read that's, like, a little bit different. Yeah. Bummer news. The hardest thing for me about growing up as a closeted lesbian was how alone I felt. I always thought Ellen Page's coming out in 2014 was really positive for young lesbians. I think celebrity representation does matter if you have no one in your life to turn to. So this person is just sad that they can no longer see Elliot Page as a lesbian because they really identified found solace them. and identified with them in that. Right. So, huh. There's a few things going on in these tweets. Um, namely, there is always going to be a period of mourning for people who feel like they're losing something, right? So like our parents mourn when we tell them we're not straight or we're not cis because right. they're mourning that version of who they thought we were. Yeah. And so are we. <laughs> I feel like we have to allow for that a little bit because it's uh, a no. human emotion, no, right? No, a thousand percent. And there needs to be space for that. But it yeah. should not be the loudest voice in the room. No. Because when someone is authentically becoming themselves, no one is losing anything. Right. We are all only gaining things right? The trans community is gaining an incredible represent representative, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Elliot Page's experience is actually very similar to your experience and very to my similar. experience. Yeah, totally. Right? A lot of us come through our queer identity starting with sexuality and becoming a lesbian and, yeah. you know, really locking into that. And then doing more work on ourselves and discovering that actually there's a whole other thing going on. Right. And um, I was on Instagram and I uh, follow some really amazing people. And someone that I follow, her name is Sonia Renee Taylor. Okay. And she was talking about this situation where these lesbians were tweeting how sad they were. Yeah. And uh, she talked about how it actually comes from the place of scarcity mindset. So Ooh. scarcity mindset is when people hoard things because they're worried about not having enough. So scarcity mindset can be applied to many different facets of life. Yeah. But okay. from these tweets, you know, these lesbians are sad about losing a, rep a lesbian representative because they feel like there's not enough. Right? They feel like there isn't enough representation. So when they lose one, right. that really sucks. Right. Which is not true. It's and not it, true. It's not true. But I also understand, like, where they're coming. Okay, so the, the first, the second tweet you read about being like, yeah. I looked up to this person, like, 
I think, like you said, we kind of resonate with Elliot and their journey. So that person, I like understand they need to grieve the like the, this loss, but they can still resonate with this person. Like they, th- like Elliot's story hasn't changed. No. Like you know, it's still concrete in that. Like I think they finally came out because their like agent told them they shouldn't, and then they went to the HRC and they were like, "Let's just blow shit up. I'm gay," and we were all like, "Yes!" Like you know, and so I think we can still hold on to that moment and because I was so proud of them as, as like as a as another person from the community yeah. and like I can't imagine what it would be like being somebody of that status like you know having like being an actor or being somebody who's very well known in the public and being like hi by the way I'm gonna do this really scary thing and now the whole freaking world knows about it like I little I couldn't even tell my parents I texted them <laughs> like I, you know like I couldn't even like say those words no. to people who like inherently brought me into this world yeah so you know, I, I do resonate with the idea of this loss and stuff, but those those moments don't go away. Like we don't we don't lose that. And so yeah, you're totally right in that yeah. sense. Um, I get like losing somebody from that community, but again, like that's where this like compartmentalization of the LG of the mm-hmm. the alphabet mafia. I picked that one up from TikTok. So funny. You know, LGBTQ. Like we are still one one umbrella. You know, community, but that compartmentalization is shown in, in situations like this, where unfortunately. People are taking it almost personally that they're losing this person, yeah. and really, it's like we're all we're all under the gay stars, you know. Yeah. We're all under the rainbow here, yeah. trying to live our best lives, and so it's unfortunate we can't also support them through this. And like you said, like it can't be the loudest voice in the world, the room, because it's so cool that this person is like becoming who they're supposed to be, like you absolutely. Know? And then we're gonna loop back to that first tweet because that one really yeah, freaking so pissed me the- off. The opposite of scarcity mindset is abundance mindset. Okay. So when you operate from a place of scarcity mindset, you're worried about not having enough. Right. But when you operate from abundance, you, you know, make sure that you're good and that you need, you have what you need, but instead you believe that there is more out there. Right. And so you're not worried about losing the little that you have. Got it. Does that make sense? Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that can be applied in many different situations, yeah. but in our situation, you know, there are so many people that Elliot Page, as a trans man, will speak to, and that is just as important, important. Absolutely. as anyone that found themselves represented when they were a lesbian. Right, 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Like, it's just another part of the community that's getting more more representation, yeah. you know? And I think trans humans are, it's it's been a big uproar. Like, like yeah. 2020, they, them was the was the voted number one word in the world. Whoa! Yeah. Webster's Dictionary. That's crazy. Don't, like, voted they, them as, like, the number one word of the year, which is, like, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was Google searched over, non-binary was Google searched over, like, 20 million times. Or something like that. Wow. We could fact check that if you want, but I I don't know what it was. Um, but a lock like lemon. How do you say that ever? handle? Is it a lock? The Menon. Menon. There you go. Yeah. I, I always name's Menon. My roommate's last name is Lemon, so I always want to say <laughs> Lemon. <laughs> Anyways, they posted Sorry, about that. Sorry, their last name. I think I said his. But yeah. Okay. That, yeah. yeah. Their, their last name is that, and so. Anyways, they they posted a lot about that, and so Ugh, if you I guys, love a lock. Yeah, they're a great person to follow. Their content is brilliant, and they are just a magical unicorn of a human being. Like we I just, share their stuff a lot on QCC yeah, Instagram. Totally so if you're on QCC, you'll see. Yeah, it. you'll see them. Definitely give them a follow because they talk about so many good topics too. So anyways, sidebar, not to get um, 
I digress because we could talk. We could have a whole episode about them. So back to that first tweet yeah, that yeah. was incredibly transphobic. Yeah. So like the idea that like this, these exact words, I'm going to reread the words because this is what like I think hit me the hardest when you first read this to me was <laughs> because they do not perform or feel invested in conventional femininity, they can no longer be women. First of all, that's not true. Being trans also has so many there's so many ways to be trans. That's the thing. So you can be a trans man. You can be a trans woman. You can be a trans non-binary. You can be transgender fluid. You can be transgender queer. You could like, like I could go on for days about this, right? So the idea that like, that they don't want to be women anymore doesn't necessarily like resonate with me. I think, and maybe this is coming from me because I'm a trans non-binary masculine human. I I'd still identify with my femininity a lot. Like I own that. And that's something that I've really worked on in my coming out is that just because I am shedding this person as like a cis female does not mean that I can't be feminine. Because femininity yeah. is not a gender. It's not a gender is right. And so or like you're, it's not, not cause you're, it's the, the idea that people aren't invested in that in like conventional femininity like that doesn't make them a woman anyways. Like, no. you know, like some, some game cis dudes are hella more, my, my best friend from home. We used to joke when we were kids. I was like, dude, your purse is falling out of your mouth. Like, cause he was so, so feminine and like, and it was beautiful. And he still is like, he's got this, he is such a magic, he wears makeup and he dyes his hair and he does his beard. And he's so authentic in, in his own expression of his, of his, yeah, very, very feminine. Very is feminine. Is he a woman? No, he's a cis freaking dude. Like he doesn't even identify as trans. He just identifies as a gay cis male, you know? So growing up, I was, you know, he was always the girlfriend and I was the boyfriend. Cause that's, and it's ironic now because I'm obviously, a, I like consider myself a boy. And so, but anyways, like, I just made that really hit me hard where I was just like, get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> so the end, at the end of the tweet, it yeah. says compulsory heterosexuality all over again, which right. first of all, sexuality yeah. and gender are two very, very different, different things. things. Yeah. I'm just going to loop back to before you get into that yeah. because talking about that, what we're talking about is this part where they're saying lesbian women are now becoming straight men, which also isn't true. No. So it's necessarily not necessarily compulsory heterosexuality all over again, because just because a person is becoming trans doesn't make them a straight male. No. Like even if they were a lesbian before, and I can test that because I was a lesbian for 10 years and now I'm a trans pansexual and that's a whole wild ride, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah. lots of people come to terms with those things as they grow and they understand more about themselves, right? And these hard fixed terms of being like a lesbian or a gay man are also kind of like oppressive to the queer community. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think- Anything that's binary yeah, is oppressive. 100%, right? Right, so, because anything that's binary aims to take this really wild, diverse group of beautiful humans and shove them into the same box. Right. Which is never going to work because no. humans are as diverse- Yeah. Our experiences are so different. And and that's something we've talked in in lengths about is that it's funny. We've lived very similar lives, but our, and our shared experiences are similar, but they're actually so different. Yeah. You know, well, and even two people would put us in the same box. Right. Right. And I would never put us in the same box. Absolutely. (laughs) My identities are totally totally different. Yeah. But when you look at it on paper and you try and, you know, and you're looking at it from a binary perspective, absolutely. We belong in the, you know, I'm quote unquote same box because our labels and our journeys are similar. Right. 
But yeah, we're the greatest example of how diverse no, totally. two people can yeah. be. Because we both identify as non-binary. Yeah. Like trans, non-binary, but you identify as like trans femme mm-hmm. and I identify as trans mask. Yeah. And that's just, that's two whole different words. That Those aren't even like, that's not even like we're, I'm not a trans male and you're not a trans female. Nope. That's like, that's not, that's not what it is. We are non-binary individuals who yeah. identify within this bracket due to who we feel we are as people. Yep. You know, and it has nothing to do with how I look. No. It has nothing to do with how I present myself. It's sheerly based on that's how I feel. So. And it's also not because of what femininity is in society. Right. Do oppressive gender roles, did that factor into my realization that I'm non-binary? Absolutely. Right. Growing up, I was a tomboy, right? I hated femininity as much as anyone can. Yeah. (laughs) But the work that I've done to understand my gender really has nothing to do with that. Right. It's about examining who I am at the core of myself, right, in this space where it's just me, and weighing those questions and being like, okay, who do, how do I feel? Who do I think I am? Outside of what the world says I am. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole idea, like this whole quote... Yes. That we were reading. Like, the concept of this is, like, it's just so unfortunate. Because I, I, I just, I don't know. I had something to say and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, reading it again. Yet again. Like, Yo, welcome to my life with ADHD. I will start a sentence and mid-sentence just be like, I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm no, so sorry. No, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Sorry. It's, it's off with the wind. There's a second tweet here that I was actually reading underneath um, that the same person has posted, and it says, If coming out as transgender brings the actor formerly known as Alan Page, which also pisses me off, don't drop their freaking dead name, nope. any measure of peace, then I'm glad for them. But my heart also breaks as the lesbian community grows smaller again and loses a role model again. First of all, the lesbian community is not growing smaller. It is definitely growing bigger. It's one person. And it's just one person yeah. living their life. No, totally. Like, it's one human being that are, like, you know. And again, it's this idea that we're compartmentalizing, the, like, the queer community. This is something, as, as a news flash to people who are listening, when someone comes out as trans, their dead name, or their, I like to say their given name, because the dead name is a little intense, that is a very private, though they are an actor, and I understand that, it's a very private um, intimate relationship with that specific person. See, for me, I really don't like when people bring up my dead name, like personally. I'm like, no. please, please don't. It's yeah. just, it's not who I am anymore. No, I and, would never, I have never called you that and I would never. Ever. I know you wouldn't. And like, and, and, and I give, you know, leniency to people who have known me for a really long time. There's like one person in my life who just really can't get it. And they're like my best friend. And I look at me, they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just suck. And I was like, you suck. And I tell them that to their face. And they're like, I know. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, they're probably the only person in my life that like gets away with it and obviously people like my family kind of struggles with it but you know blasting this on the internet and now they have changed their name is just it's blatantly blatantly disrespectful it's It's just you know and that's something as what i was getting at is like once someone tells you like hey i've chosen this name is like the name i want to go by that is like the easiest way to respect that person and to show them that they're seen and invalidated is just by just simply doing that and you know whether it's I don't know what you have to do to like get that and to understand that but like change their name in your phone like you know do whatever it takes to like make that effort because that goes so far and 
maybe I'm taking this like from a personal spell, like no, like note a little bit, but I feel for, for Elliot in this moment as like somebody who understands that like, yes, I was that person, but I no longer am. And that's what people need to hear and, and see it's, and it's not just like that they're communicating it. It's that everybody in the world needs to comprehend that, that this is what's happening. Yeah. So it's not just about the communication aspect of it. It's also like comprehension and like understanding and like just respecting them for their choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not losing your own mile. No. They're we're still, gaining one. You are gaining one. You're gaining one in a whole new fashion because imagine all these lesbian women who, for instance, my story of like this whole thing, like you said, when you were a kid, you were like really against femininity. I always felt uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I never felt like tied to it in a sense. Like, you know, I felt pretty when I would put a dress on and like my 18th birthday was on prom. So I wore like, you know, the gown with the hair and I looked amazing. I looked like a freaking princess and it was one of the best days of my life. But I think about it now and I think about all the times outside of that one specific day, how uncomfortable I felt in my own body, how I never felt comfortable in clothes until I started wearing boys clothes and like all these like layers of things that I've undug as I've gone through this. And, you know, if I had had an Elliot Page when I was a kid, you know, it would have changed my life and all these other lesbians who probably felt similar to us. They're like, I'm such a tomboy and I'm just going to be a lesbian. But really they might be experiencing a lot of like internal transphobia or like these internal feelings of like, but this also doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know? And so those people now are getting this like, yeah, there's, there's this trope of lesbians that believe that, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, that believe that their lesbian identity will quell their dysphoria. Right. And it won't. No. It won't. It I'm won't. S- so I tried that. We, uh, we both did. Tr- <laughs> listen, team. Okay. I had, like, hair down to my, like, waist, basically. Wore all boys' clothes. And I was like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. I'm a tomboy. And I, I still felt deeply, deeply uncomfortable in my body. So deeply uncomfortable. And so... I came out as non-binary in 2019, so it'll be too... Wow. Wow, look at... Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So exciting. Anyways, and um, since, like, the process that started, really it was cutting my hair that, like, affirmed me and all this, but since coming to that, I have not felt more confident in myself. I have not felt more aligned with my, like, my inner self than I ever have in my life. Though, I think in times in my past, there was definitely times where I felt similar to this, Cause obviously like I had done some self work or I was in like a really good place mentally or I'd like, you know, done some growing, but this part of my life, this chapter of this growth has been the most, like it has, it, it's so gratifying and it's been the best part of like growing up so far, Yeah. you know? And like, again, like just the representation that Elliot is going to give all of those kids like me, like, Elliot, you want to be in our queer community collective? Because, like, Elliot, that would be, I would love here. to hang out with you. It's fine. I'm your twin. It's cool. Also, your wife is beautiful. Oh, stop. <laughs> but anyways, so, yeah. Don't be transphobic. No. Yeah. Like, that's. Don't be a squid. Don't be a squid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't be a squid. The kids need help. <laughs> We decided that we're going to say squid when we mean, like, people are being mean or, like, doing something, like, ridiculous or, like, whatever. Don't be a squid. Be a quid. Yeah. Don't be a squid. Be a quid. Or help the quids. Yeah. Like. (laughs) Be a quid ally. Yeah, totally. The next segment that we have up on our podcast, and we're going to do this every month, is we're going to talk about which holidays are happening in this month. And we're going to give a little bit of information about them. 
Do you want to take the first one? Yeah, sure. So on January 4th, which has passed, obviously, um, it was World Braille Day. So it's on Lewis Braille's birthday, and it's a national holiday for recognition of the importance of Braille for visually challenged individuals. And it only came to fruition in 2019. That's crazy. Isn't that cool? That's super cool. I love that. I didn't, yeah. I would never have guessed that it was that. I would be like, oh, that makes sense that that was that day for like ever. Yeah. But yeah, two, two three years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So January 19th, Coming up is World Religion Day. It falls on the third Sunday of January. And the aim is to promote peace and understanding between all religions, encouraging people to learn about other faiths and their followers. I think this is absolutely amazing. I'm very fascinated by people who, who subscribe to religion and different kinds of religion because my background is so religious. Yeah. So this holiday was started by people of the Baha'i faith. This is a faith that was founded in 1863 in Iraq. And Baha'i believe that all religions have common features and that all religions should be respected. They believe there's one God that's known by different names in all religions. And in their faith, this God is the reason for the development of all religions over the years. Followers of the Baha'i faith believe that all humans are born equal and that we all have the same rights regardless of the religion or creed that we followed. So it was first observed in 1950. Whoa. Isn't that so cool? 1863 to 1950. That's a long time. Yeah. Like the between when it started to, to that. Well, the whole faith started in 1863. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. So cool. the World Religion Day started in 1950. Wow. Cool. All right. So the next one we have here is January 27th, which is International Holocaust Day. Um, It is, or sorry, it was put in act by the United Nations in 2005. And this is the day with the largest, most notorious concentration camp, camp Auschwitz, was liberated by the Red Army. Um, Interesting note is that there is another Holocaust Remembrance Day in April, and it was first observed by Israel in the early 1950s. Yom HaShoah. Called Yom HaShoah. <laughs> but we'll take a look at that. We'll talk about that more when it comes up. In April. Yeah. Um, lastly, for January, we're going to talk about Bell Let's Talk Day. That's happening on January 29th. Always does. Every year. Every year. Since yeah. 2010? Yes. So yeah. it started in 2010, and it was recently renewed in 2020 for another five years. Sweet. And they have committed $155 million over the next five years to go towards Mental Health Day. Do you know if that's research or if that's towards, like, actual communities and, like, towards things? Okay, okay. Yeah. So I did a lot of reading on this because I was really curious. Totally. So shockingly to me, anyways, it's the largest corporate commitment to mental health in Canada. Bell started the community fund in 2011. So that's kind of what they do with all the donations that come in yeah. from their Bell Let's Talk Day. Yeah. And they, since 2011, they have provided 657 grants, accumulating to over 11 million in donations throughout Canada. Wow. In 2019, donations were made to community-based mental health organizations, a First Nation camp for youth mental health, black mental health organizations, hospitals, as well as major Christ lines in Canada. They get a lot of funding from Bell Let's Talk. Cool. Uh, it's important to note that while the campaign has been very effective in reducing stigma and increasing funds to mental health, 
Bell has come under fire occasionally for their motivations and the corporate, corporate, I can never say this. Corporatization. Yeah, that one of mental health. (laughs) Namely, that their initial motivation for starting was A, to attach their name to a social cause, and B, compete with TELUS. Mm. Because TELUS had a... Breast cancer campaign. Breast cancer campaign. Ah, it's so unfortunate. So it's like... Like, so much good, but then we kind of fall back into capitalism and consumerism and all that bullshit sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, amazing. Like, I'm really shocked. I think the money thing is shocking, but the fact that they have invested into indigenous mental health and black mental health is like awesome like you know what i mean like that's like like hats off like good job um because i can imagine that you know a lot of this could have been mainly towards the already very privileged white community yeah um but yeah wow yeah Um, isn't that crazy that's really cool and i mean i personally have always been a fan of bell let's talk day because it was like one of the first thing like when i moved to canada so i moved May of 2013, so it would have been that fall when I moved to Vancouver. Um, so 2014 in January was the first time I'd ever heard of this day before. Yeah. And I think when I, that was kind of what started me to like realize that like my mental health was important. Like mm-hmm. I never really talked about it growing up. It was never like, my mom used to make jokes about like mental health days. And like we call, like she would let me stay home from school basically because oh, I was tired. Gotcha. So she would just be like, "Yeah, you can have a mental health day today," and I'd be like, "Sick! I get to stay home and eat candy all day." Like you know, <laughs> like I was twelve. I didn't know any better. And and you know, but it's cool to see that, you know, what they're doing is is, is, is like wonderful and like it is it is really breaking that stigma. It is effective. It is very effective, and I mean also that attests to the fact that there's a large corporation with a very big span, mm-hmm. um, but also unfortunate of the like the backlash of the other stuff yeah. but i don't know we could talk about how i hate consumerism capitalism for that's a whole nother podcast Forever. Yeah, yeah yeah definitely we'll have a capitalist episode yeah 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 we could talk for two hours oh yeah that. how pride has been coming a capitalistic freaking money maker for everybody anyways mm-hmm. well, maybe that's what we'll talk about <laughs> um yeah okay so yeah january 29th i do know that i believe it's every text message that you send that day they donate 10 cents so Yep. On that day, if you have an iPhone, turn your iMessage off for the day. Um, I'm sorry, your text will be green, but you'll be fine. Um, and, and you won't get your read receipts, yeah. but you can calm down. It's one day. Yeah, listen, I hate those things. They give me so much anxiety. The read, read receipts, I need to turn mine off because I, I they just stress me out. Anyways, um, <laughs> they just they do. I'm like, why am I like this? Thank you, anxiety. My anxiety's name is Patsy, so you'll probably hear me refer to her as that as often as I can. But like, I'll be like, Patsy, sit down. Everything's fine. It's okay. Just <laughs> calm down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, they donate when people tweet about it. Okay. Cool. So yeah. there's so a couple other options. Big, yeah. Get involved on that day because it's really important. Yeah, um, we'll definitely be posting about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that's all the things. Is it game time? Yay! Okay, so at the end of all of our segments, we're going to do this mixed bag game. And essentially what it is is we have a bag with a bunch of words in it, and we're going to draw the word out of the bag, and we're going to tell a story based off this word that we've chosen. So S, you're going to go first. Oh, my God. So, okay. Um, I'm sweating. <laughs> All of our secrets are going to come out yeah. in this mixed bag game. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Do y'all really want to get to know us? Stay tuned to the end of the segment. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, so S picked the word fire. Um, so how we're going to do it is we, we pick the word now, and then I'm going to give a story, and then S will give a story based off this word. So 
fire. Uh, it was 2012. I guess it would have been 2012. Yeah, going into the year of 2013. Um, I had just come home from college. My parents were still living in Florida. And at the time I was dating my first girlfriend, uh, my first girlfriend that I was out to with my parents. Ooh. Anyway, so for New Year's that year, my parents always went to like this like family friend's house. Like I went there literally every New Year's for like 15 years, like my growing up, right? But in high school, my senior year, I was like, I'm not going anymore. I'm too old for this shit. Cause it was like all little kids. I have siblings and all my siblings would go. So they were like, okay, you can have your friends over to the house. My parents were like, wonderful human beings and we're like yeah you guys can drink but no one's allowed to leave the house that was the rule so okay. everyone's car keys got put in a bag and my mom would hide the bag and everyone stayed at the house and it was very safe and wonderful anyway so i had like 15 kids over at my house and we're drinking and having a good time or hanging out and then my parents come home and we, things got a little bit more rowdy at that point so they had a fire pit in the backyard so we're sitting around the fire pit and we're all again it's new year's eve we're meant to like 18 year olds just being idiots and um my ex-girlfriend, my secret girlfriend from high school is there because we were still friends, of course. And she's there with her new girlfriend and she got absolutely trashed. And she had this like Captain uh, Morgan. It's called, we called them a handle in the States. It's like the, the 60s. It's like the okay. big one, but yeah. it had a handle. Yeah. Because it was like a big one. A jug. So it's like a jug of, of rum. She's like walking around and she trips and falls into the bonfire with the handle. Oh my God. And my dad picks her up and grabs her and then throws her in the pool because she was on fire. And so all her hair singed off and it was just, and it's still to this day, it's like a running joke with my friends. Like, oh, don't pull a Sydney, like don't fall in the fire. You know what I mean? Like my dad talks about it too. He's like, remember that one time I pulled that girl out of the fire? I'm like, yeah, Tom, like you're a hero, good job. But like, you know, it's just, it's a funny story. But anyways, so um, yeah, wow. it's one of my experiences with fire. And so under when she fell in, yeah. her hair singed, yeah. did she get any other injuries? No, she was like she was okay. so, like I think she was wearing jeans, so that helped. Yeah. And like, because my dad reacted so quickly, like yeah. she was totally fine. But Good job, Tom. Yeah, good job, shout Tom. Out. Uh, yeah, shout out Tom Ty. <laughs> Anyways, and so that's my story about fire. Wow. It's one of my favorite stories about that's fire. That's thrilling. Yeah, I was, I was like, I got a good story about fire. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so my story is less thrilling and yeah. more just an example of how much I'm an absolute idiot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this on the podcast, so yeah. may as well introduce it in the first episode, but totally. Kate and I are both massive stoners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was like last year or maybe a year and a half ago or something. I was doing yoga. It was nice out. So I was outside and I was doing yoga. I decided to smoke a J halfway through my yoga session. Yeah. And so, but I didn't want to stop doing yoga because I had, you know, good stretching momentum yeah, going. Yeah, flowing. Nice. Yeah, so I was doing a forward bend. So I was sitting on the ground and I was leaning over forward, bend. stretching my back. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's okay. I'll just light it under my face and I'll smoke a little, you know, while I'm leaning over and stretching. Yeah. But I forgot about the fact that flames go up and it's hot above a flame. And so I lit the joint underneath my face and the heat, because it was like really close to my mouth too, because yeah. it was like half smoked. Right. So the heat from the lighter melted my eyelashes together. Oh so God. on one eye, I had like very stubby, almost gone eyelashes because I yeah. trimmed them. Of, of course. course yeah. Still stoned. Yeah. But I, so they all melted together. Yeah. And then I freaked out a little bit and I went back inside and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh dear God, I need to cut those off. <laughs> So I, then I trimmed them. Yeah. And then I was fine. That's hilarious. I cannot. Never again. 
I like have to say that I've done that a couple times and everyone now is like, oh, you have such nice eyelashes and I swear it's from burning them off. <laughs> like I swear, I honestly swear. Cause they're so long now, but I've burned both my eyelashes and eyebrows at least twice. Doing what? Smoking weed. Oh, Like yeah. I was smoking from a pipe once and I like laughed and I blew oh, out and then the fire no. went off. Yeah. And then I think I was riding a joint one time and just didn't rec- like realize it and it just like got me. Cause it was just like a baby joint. It's yeah. similar to that, but yeah. just like, yeah. Dumb, dumb. Dumb. Dumb, dumb. So dumb. I have actually a lot of stories about fire. Like, now that it's, like, coming up, I'm like, one time I burned off my face on a flat top when I was working in a kitchen because the pilot light was out, and then I, like, went to stick it in, and then it, like, shot gas and fire in my face. Last summer when we were having a barbecue, my brother's barbecue, a flame came out of it, and it singed all the hair on my arm. (laughs) I had no hair on my arm for, like, a few weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, fire is scary. I love it. I love it, too, obviously. fascinating. We're also pyros. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that was mixed bag. That was so fun. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's it for our podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um... To our first episode yeah. ever. First episode ever. We will get better. I'm sure there was a lot of rambling. Uh, bear with us as we... It's okay. I'll edit it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, just bear with us as we uh, work figure through this and figure We're this out. We're learning. We're learning. You I know. was YouTubing how to make a podcast last <laughs> night. So, like, you best believe yeah. very little planning yeah. and all the running. Right. And, I mean, that makes it organic. You know? Like, yeah. our conversations were beautiful and, like, magical and just they're raw and like you know so you get a whole different vibe we don't want it to be you know very like structured in some kind of capacity right we want, no we wanted to feel like you're yeah. hanging out with us in our living room yeah exactly Smoke yeah welcome, welcome to the quick like welcome to the queer community collective <laughs> again like we said we are on instagram we're on facebook so you can find us there to keep up with us and we'll be posting you know lots of different educational tools on a variety of topics um we're going to be launching a queer community collective store, which is super exciting. Yes. So. We'll, because yeah. we uh, designed face masks yes. with our logo on them. We so did. our logo was donated to us by my sister-in-law. Yeah. Shout out. Great designer. Hit her up. Yep. Um, so we have two mask designs that we'll be releasing and you can buy them as a set yeah. in our store in the next couple weeks. Which is super exciting. So they want to help or volunteer or offer services. Uh, you can always send us an email. It's qcocollective at gmail.com. So that's the ad, qcocollective at gmail.com. Uh, if you're ever interested in having a chat with one of us, we both are always on Instagram too. Uh, so much. So much. Way too much. Way too much. Um, so if you send us a DM on Instagram, guaranteed we will both see it. Yeah, one of us will answer um, between, yeah, literally. But email as well if that's it's easier for you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We look forward to a year of education. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What? A year of... Of... Growth. Yeah. Possibilities. Totally. Yeah. This year's mantra is, uh, for me personally, is to uh, react out of wisdom, not emotions. Mm. And I'm, I want to use this... I'm just going to hold your hand because yeah, I you. know how hard that's going to be gonna for you. It's going to be so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like to say something similar, mine would be the opposite is to learn how to react out of emotion and not wisdom and not logic. We should play a game of everybody has to guess our sun sign based on this podcast. Ooh. So if you if you want to play, um, if you've listened to the podcast, DM us, and then we'll talk about it in the next one. 
we'll, mm. we'll put that out there. As and there like might a thing. be a prize for a winner. Yeah, totally. Who guesses yeah. both of our sun signs. Totally. I think we should put that on Instagram too and like make that like a thing. I love that. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. And we look forward to the year. Unless you're a Okay, have a gay day. Yeah, have a real gay day. <laughs>